Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, man. Good to hear Dirty Frank. It's old school. Yeah, yeah it is. Mark. Sean Sears understands the program. I like it. Well, he should. He's worked with you often overnight, and he's crawled through into the daylight. I don't know what that's doing to him, but he's crawled through into the daylight, and now he has gotten Mark Grody to join us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. So... I wanted to. There was so much going on long before there were. There was all the, the, Tony LeBevington stuff. The Bears were in the news, and I thought we should have Mark Grody on. He covers the Bears, and the whole OTA thing. And it looks like, it it kind of looks like uh, an overmatched or rookie mistakes by coaches and G, a rookie coach or rookie GM doing this kind of stuff. That's what my first thought was. It was there. They don't know what they don't know, so they're making mistakes better now than when they get to to camp and into the season. So straighten us out on all of that. What happened this week with the OTA, non-OTA violation of a rule? Yeah, the Bears had a practice, an OTA, non-mandatory practice taken away from them this week, specifically on Tuesday. It was because of some rough practicing, some rough housing that had gone on. <laughs> it's just an, the whole idea of rough housing is that's what Jean Grody would do when she would send you boys to your rooms uh, for rough housing. It's so true. Like that word. Yeah, that was a, a common <laughs> common phrase. I don't want you 
boys rough i mean like i had two brothers we're all two years apart we fought man we fought we broke the rules and yes no gene did not like it when her boys were fighting not in her house you guys want to go wrestle and beat the crap out of each other go outside not in my house get out of here go on get (laughs) that's the way it was my brothers and i but they had the the practice taken away from them for whatever infraction, and I don't think that we have actually zeroed in on the specific incidents or incidents that may have occurred due to the the, the Bears apparently breaking the rules of the OTAs because they are also tightly mandated now in terms of how, how physical you can be, how many padded practices there are, which there have been zero of up until now. There won't be any during the mini camp. There won't be any until until um, training camp. And even during training camp, they keep that number down. But anyway, so the Bears had whatever infraction they had. They, they get a practice banged on Tuesday. They reassemble on Wednesday. That happened to be the day or the, our day. The media day was postponed until Wednesday as well. And when they addressed it, when Matt Eberflus, the head coach, you know, he started the press conference in addressing, you know, what had happened. And he made it very clear that they support the NFL and the NFLPA and everybody that's involved in all of this. And they understand and essentially will try to do better. And he also made a point of saying that, that neither he, Matt Eberflus, nor the Bears in any way, shape, or form were, were fined. And I, say, I think he, he set the, the, the tone of the day by saying that as if to let us sort of infer from that that this is not that big a deal, that this was not a big deal. And what I have not been able to figure – there's two things that I have not been able to figure out, and I was sharing this on the score the other day, Steve – and that is, number one, when I think back to all of this stuff, like and going back and even listening to the comments, nobody really had anything strong to say about it. And I mean, and I mean Matt Eberflus, and I mean Cole Komet, and I mean Justin Jones, and whoever else was talking that day. They all said what they had to say, but what I couldn't get out of anybody was – were you appreciative that they were protecting you guys, that the union was protecting you guys and th- that you got the day off? And then not that you everybody's happy you got the day off, blah, blah, blah. I get that. Go 18 holes of golf, Cole Komet. <laughs> but but were they were they actually did they feel like, yeah, this is this is the justified move? Or was it the other part of it? Like, where the football players are throwing their arms, like, oh, I, I don't know what we did. Like, this is ridiculous. Hey, glad we got the day off, but Jesus, that's that's going a little bit too strong. And I was trying to ask that. I, I was asking that question to a lot of the people that were part of it that day, and I could not get the answer out of it, whether the players thought it was stupid or whether the players thought it was justified. We also don't – I don't know how – if we really know the specifics of – was just just a random representative watching the Bears in practice? Were they really just reviewing tape? Or did somebody from the Bears say, hey, what the hell is going on here? Why are we tackling and getting physical here when it says in our contract that we don't have to do this? And I don't think that there would ever have been an occasion where somebody would have been sold out. Like Matt Eberflus said, oh, I have no idea how this, this happened. And maybe he knows and he doesn't want to sell out the player because then obviously you have real issues with your team early on if there is some sort of strain between coach and players due to the rules of practice. So 
I, I really don't think we we know everything that happened. I don't know that it's a big deal to know what really happened, and I also don't know if anybody on that football field cared. Uh, I think the the outcome, the 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 residue from it is probably the Stevie Sunshine view of it is is probably a good thing because the way you described Eberflus is. Well, he he was protecting his guys. Whatever it is, ultimately that will be it. No matter who inside, maybe maybe inside they're going, okay, who ratted us out? How did this go? Or what was misinterpreted? And it didn't have to be a player necessarily. It could have been a player's agent. They go to the NFLPA and say, hey, you need to look at this. My guys. That's a great point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could have been anybody. And right. and so there's there's because football coaches are so paranoid. Football organizations are so paranoid, especially new ones, especially ones that have made mistakes. And you that's why we're watching this, and that's why it's worthy of discussion. It may be nothing, but a mistake prone, or a, not mistake prone, but an, a new administration that has, has missteps that have been notable, and here's something else. You'd be a fool not to look at it to see just what the depth of it is. If it's nothing, you can dismiss it, but you have to know first. So I think that ultimately, if Matt Eberflus has shown that that he's he's taking a hit or he's protecting his guys and and there's nothing suspicious going on, move along, nothing to see here, that that will establish some credibility in that locker room, don't you think? Is that the best thing that comes out of this? Yeah, I think so, and I. I... You know, from the practices that I have seen, and I've seen, I think I've seen just about all. I might have missed one day due to various hosting opportunities here on the score. But for the most part, watching these practices, there is the same amount of physical activity as I had seen during the Matt Nagy era. And I was there for every practice of the Matt Nagy era. That's when I started to cover the Bears in 2018. So while there is a noticeable difference in the practices in terms of the speed and the bounce and the steps of the players, just because that is part of the philosophy of Matt Eberflus, the hints principle and moving fast and doing all like you can see that we can see that in motion. I have not noticed any extracurricular or more physical activity than I had noticed in the previous regime. You're always going to get some of it. I, I Yes, I have seen players that make contact with each other during OTAs and, mm-hmm. and maybe even occasionally get tackled, but it's truly intermittent. And it's true. I think it's incidental in some cases. There was one dust up that they had during one of the OTAs this year where there's a little bit of a scuffle and a pile up and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if that had something to do with it, but it doesn't seem like there has been any more in these practices than usual. And then really to answer your question, like does it kind of galvanize the team? That depends. I mean, that depends on what really happened. And if there was a, you know, a whistleblower or somebody, a player mm-hmm. who said, and maybe several players came together and said, what, what's this dude doing? What, what, why are we, tackling during the last 15 minutes because i don't know because we don't get to see every second of the practices maybe there is something going on in these practices that has been uh imperfect in that regard for sure so like i said not knowing what happened and and really 
Um, you know, it, it'd be nice to know, but it's not something that I think needs to be investigated. Like if, if the bears were breaking the rules, the bears were breaking the rules. And if players were pissed about it, then that's their prerogative and not something for us to criticize. Well, I'd like to, you know, you, you know me, I never met a conspiracy. I did not want to investigate or embrace or consider sure, and even sure. if it's nothing. So my thinking is this, because the number one rule of rule of life is follow the money. So who might have been involved in some kind of collision who's due a big payday and doesn't need to get hurt in an OTA in June when there's a full season to survive? Who and that's where I start. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, who would worry about getting hurt? Oh, I see what you're saying. Somebody who would I like, see what oh, you're I'm not doing this now. This oh. means nothing. I'm here voluntarily. You're going and, deep. And because I... I I believe you follow the money, especially in the NFL, where contracts are, are precious. And and it doesn't have to necessarily be big money in terms of what the way we talk about contracts. It could be big money co- compared to what that player is has now and what he might think his ceiling is. So that was just a conspiracy. That's an exercise I'm, I'm working on. Um, and we'll see how that plays out. Maybe it, maybe that's the rat. Maybe it's not. But <laughs> as far as actual coaching things that were done, we have yet another pace era left over getting demoted. Tevin Jenkins is is playing with the twos the way Jalen Johnson was. So the way with Jalen Johnson, it was the coach allegedly trying to send a message even though there's three years of nfl tape on a guy who's terrific and it just looked like a very high school move what do you make of the tevin jenkins move surprised i was surprised to see it because every single off-season practice so far tevin jenkins has been the right tackle larry borum has been the left tackle and you know they've been honest in saying that nothing was permanent and this is what they were going with and they you know they were very careful not to say oh yeah you could expect tevin jenkins and larry borm to be the tackles on september 11th when the san francisco 49ers are at soldier field but it was very surprising to i don't know which one surprised me more to see tevin jenkins suddenly working with the second string or to see the fifth round southern utah product with rookie braxton jones starting at left tackle and Larry Borum shifting over to the right side. And the answer was, for whatever that is worth, is Matt Eberflus said, hey, this is what we told you. We said that we were going to shift things around and try different things and different manifestations. But it is interesting that now, like, if we put together the players that have been demoted surprisingly to second string – one of them is former second-round pick from the previous regime, Jalen Johnson. The other is former second-round pick from the previous regime, Kevin <laughs> Jenkins. Two players who, you know, Jalen Johnson probably feeling himself a little bit, probably feeling pretty confident and just about his place in the NFL just because of him being a good um, starting cornerback in the NFL for the first two years of his career. Now, Tevin Jenkins probably doesn't have quite the same confidence because of a weird year for him last year when it came to injuries and then where he was put in during games and the, the little shoving match he got into. I think it was in the Seattle game at one point in time. 
So it was a weird year, but these are high pedigree guys from the previous regime. So <laughs> they're just not. Were going you just to... talking in capital letters right there? I was. That was. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sending you an LOL emoji. Yeah, I don't even want to laugh. Yeah, but I, I think there's something to that. I mean, they're, they're, look, some of these guys are not going to get the benefit of the doubt uh, just because that's the way the world works. Braxton Jones is their guy. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's that blatant where it's like, oh, he's our guy. You, you, you go sit down, Tevin Jenkins. But these guys, Tevin Jenkins, Jalen Johnson, for better or for worse, the, the messages are being sent. Look, I, I don't care who you guys were in this organization. I don't care that you were Tevin Jenkins, that you were supposed to be the next left tackle and that you were going to replace Charles Leno. Everybody's excited that the Bears drafted a quarterback and then an offensive line. It doesn't matter. Same thing with Jalen Johnson. It doesn't matter that you were uh, – the Cooper Cup thought you were a tremendous corner. It doesn't matter. We're going to you know just – we're going to keep you honest here. But I do think – and I said this about Jalen Johnson – that Jalen Johnson is by far the best cornerback on that roster. So it would have been a bad move if Matt Eberflus didn't have him back starting or doesn't have him starting on opening day unless somebody is brought in that I'm not seeing. But he is by far their their best option at cornerback. And quite frankly, right now, Tevin Jenkins is their best option at right tackle. Okay. All righty then. Well, they may get back to that i don't have any problem with experimenting but yeah it does look sure. suspicious when it's i'm just a, telling it like it guys. is steve i'm telling yeah. it like it is that's it all it is yeah. i was there okay i have um i i know you sat in yesterday for lawrence holmes and you were dealing with the fallout from tony lebevington and all of his gobbledygook what did you think of it i didn't hear everything so what did you think of it share with the class where you are on this whole situation and and also isn't bennett Sousa getting screwed by his own manager here being told you can't get one strike <laughs> yeah, you're not we don't capable. think you're good enough to get one strike uh, that's so funny man i thought about that too i was like throughout all of us i'm like what about bennett Sousa? is it do we have any comment <laughs> from him how, how does he feel about like being emasculated on the mound? Like, yeah, yeah you got a one and two count and Trey Turner. I know Trey Turner is pretty damn good, but yeah, we don't trust you to get the strike out here. Like, I would just go bury my head in the sand if I was Bennett Sousa after something like that. I was describing it yesterday, Steve, as it's it's tornado Tony. And the way the tornadoes work is, and this goes, this goes back to his missteps from last year. There's a, there's a tornado where Tony, let's say, doesn't know the rules, and we all have to deal with the destruction of her of, of tornado Tony. And we talk about it, and we deal with it, and we cry on each other's shoulders, and the destruction is massive. But then we rebuild all of our houses and our sports strength and our talk show host microphones. And we try to give Tony the benefit of the doubt. And then we say, oh, okay, these players are really good. doesn't matter if Tony LaRusso is the manager and everything is going smoothly again. And then another tornado hits and it, it is just constant. And this was the latest tornado. And it's one of those things where when, when I, it was so funny, like I missed it. I missed it by like an at bat. I was watching the game at home and I saw the three run homer by Muncie. 
I didn't. I missed the intentional walk. But I was talking to uh, Ryan Porth, the the Porthologist, the assistant PD here at the <laughs> score, and he was actually going through some scheduling things with me. And he just kind of said, "Oh my God, did you see Tony screw up again?" And I was like, "No, what happened?" He goes, "He walked a guy." on one and two with two outs and a man at second. I'm like, oh, my God. And then he's like, can you fill in for Lawrence tomorrow? Can I? <laughs> yeah. So it's a fun – like the reaction to all of these things is even if you're not like a, a super like um, big-time sports fan or you don't speak at the aptitude that others speak, like your casual sports fan – like, there's too many things that Tony does where even a casual sports fan can go, wait a minute. If you have a one and two count, does that mean that you're one pitch away from getting that guy out and getting out of the inning? Or if you walk the guy, does that mean that there's two people on base for a powerful left-handed hit? Like, it's too obvious to everybody. And you could, like, if you really got a strain you can make you could attempt to make the argument on the other side if you want but it it comes across as really weak and this is one of those cases where there hasn't been a lot of people arguing from the other side i don't know if i've heard any quite frankly there's really even no middle ground on this one i think it does get the white Sox a step closer to being done with Tony La Russa. It doesn't get them close to being done with Tony La Russa, but as much as we all feel powerless over Tony La Russa and his seemingly um, statuesque place with the White Sox, as is, as in he's not going anywhere, he's there for good, at some point in time, you, you can't not calculate this into Tony's fate ultimately with the White Sox, that this is a screw-up. And even Jerry Reinsdorf can look at it and say, yep, he screwed up. Obviously, Rick Hahn is probably saying, yep, he screwed up. Now, at, at some point in time, it is going to be incumbent upon other people getting in the ear of Jerry Reinsdorf like Rick Hahn or perhaps even the player, maybe Bennett Sousa, just to, <laughs> to play the There's part. And I think that that's where w the helplessness will come to an end or there will be help for the helplessness. And I know that's the way everybody feels. That's the popular opinion. There's no way Tony La Russa is going to be fired unless it's, it's Jerry Reinsdorf uh, saying, hey, you need to resign. Or it would, be, it would take extraordinary circumstances is the popular opinion for Tony La Russa to be fired. That's what everybody has said. That, that, that is, and I understand that, and I have uttered some version of that myself in the past. But this, believe it or not, this is a crack in the foundation, and there's no way that they could just blow this off unless they're just being absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I wonder which meeting had sparser attendance, the one supporting Tony LaRusso or the one supporting Josh Donaldson. Oh, my God. Which, which, room, <laughs> which room was emptier and echoed more with this sound well, of desperation? I, I, I do wonder about the White Sox players because in any given clubhouse, you know, not, not every single guy in there is like, oh, we got to win every game. And this is like some guys are, you know, this is my full-time job. I make a lot of money. I enjoy the hell out of playing baseball. I'm happy here. I love where I live. I love my clubhouse. I love my teammates. So do they, do, there's got to be some guys that are just like, eh, 
whatever. Like, okay, Tony screwed up. This is pretty hilarious. We got to read about it. We got to hear about it. We get a pass for everything we've done. So there are going to be guys like that in the clubhouse for sure, for sure, that are just trying to come and go as they please and, and play baseball for 15 years and then have a really nice nice life after that. And I don't have a problem with that, but we all know that there are guys like that. We're going to find out eventually who are the guys in the White Sox clubhouse who are really interested in winning and really don't like what is going on with the team and really want to tell a reporter that, hey, this is not okay, this is unacceptable. Those are the guys that I think White Sox fans have to count on at this point. Are there... Are there players that will go to bat for A, the franchise, B, themselves, C, the fans? And, and that's, that's a tough ask, too. That's a tough ask of a player in this day and age where everybody's making millions and life is good, so why shake things up? But at some point in time, there's got to be a few guys in that clubhouse who desperately want to win, and they feel cheated out of it. Yeah, well, they haven't lost the World Series yet, but then again, they're not in a playoff spot. So we'll see how that plays out. One last thing. Before I let you go, how did you celebrate last Saturday when it was National Hug Your Cat Day? How, how did Dave's Dave's embraces, Dave's hugs, how did that you, whole thing go? I, I, I got to be honest with you, Steve. I did not know that last week was Hug Your Dave Cat is, Day. But Dave I can plotting, I, plotting revenge on you. I know, I know. But I can all honestly, I can say is meow. <laughs> okay. All I can say. Steve, and this is the truth. I hug my cat at least four to five times a day, every day. So every day is hug the cat day. Sometimes Dave wants me to pick him up and and hug him. Sometimes he doesn't. So, but I, honestly, God, I, I have four to five. It's hey, it's me. It's the cat. He's my f- best roommate ever. And um, yeah, I think I'm yeah. getting emotional. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll let you compose yourself. Thank you for, thank you for your time, taking time today, and I'll give you a heads up. I'll use this as a tease. The Wake and Bake Club, of which Mark was one of the co-founders. Mark, you should know, there is a new career path for Wake and Bake Club members. A way, a place for advancement. We're pleasers here, not teasers here, and we're going to discuss that next. Oh sure my God! The you... entire club. You have teased me so. My God, on my day off today, now I got to listen to more of you after that tease. Ah, yes, you'll have the pleasure. That's, that's the satisfied tones of Mark Grody. <laughs> Thanks. Bye, Steve. Bye, bye. That's Mark Grody. Covers the Bears, fills in, steals the Provasic for WSCR for us. The score, and it's true. I have come across a new career path for all of our many Wake and Bake Club members of whom I hear from on the air and off the air and through text lines and everything. And I'm going to present it to you next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Fifty-seven years ago this week, the greatest rock and roll song ever was released. There it is, the Rolling Stones, Satisfaction. And we try to bring a form of satisfaction here on Saturday Suckage, as much as it sucks. And we suck so you don't have to, but there's just, we can't wipe out stupid as you watched your White Sox go through this week. 
But the Wake and Bake Club has discovered a new career path, a way of advancement, job opportunities. There's, you don't have to thank me. <clears throat> We're pleasers here at the Wake and Bake Club. We're not teasers, and your members are very important to us. It's not just waking and baking. Sean Sears, do you wake and bake? Have you ever waked and baked? Do you ever do that? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm dead. Mom's listening. Okay. So it's not just that, but you can now turn that into being an expert in the field. So maybe you're familiar with the term of the wine expert would be called, is called a sommelier. There is a place you can go to get the same kind of training and achievement for pot, and they're called gangiers. I kid you not. Gangiers, which is the pot equivalent of a sommelier. The Today Show's um, Savannah Guthrie reported on a school. It's in Northern California. It looks like a camp, and it has to be. There's so much. You're outside so much. But it will help you attain that position, that rank of Gangier. There are three steps to becoming a certified Gangier. There's online courses, there are in-person training courses or sessions, and then passing the exams. And longtime NFL observers might not be surprised by this, but this just made it. This is why... The Wake and Bake Club on Saturday's Sakujana Sports Station had to do this. One of the students Savannah Guthrie interviewed, who's studying to achieve the position of Gangier, is a has a legendary sports connection, Ricky Williams. Yep, you guessed it. You knew it. You saw this coming. The former Texas running back for whom then Saints coach Mike Ditka traded his entire draft class and then just left. Then just left because he wanted to go smoke pot and that was that Ricky Williams is taking part in this course to become a licensed credentialed Gangier. Savannah Guthrie asked Ricky Williams what he's learning. Derek Gilman is the managing director of Gangier, a program that launched in 2020. Students trek into rural cannabis country to light up and learn the ins and outs of top-tier cannabis assessment, including former NFL running back Ricky Williams, who now goes by Eric Myron. I decided to walk away, and the story broke that famous football player quits to smoke weed, which is partially true. Now I'm a healer and astrologer, training to be a Gangier. What types of skills are you learning here? The main thing I'm learning is the perception of, of flavor, of taste, aroma, smell, and, and being able to, to decipher and, and appreciate these things. <laughs> that is Ricky Williams and his new name, Eric Myron, Myron and Phils, whatever his new name is. I don't know. I didn't quite catch that. But... That is, he's studying to be a Gangier. Some of the training for this involves, you can, she showed it, you could, you're holding up a bud and you're inspecting it with what looks like a jeweler's loop. And, and you're looking for, and I couldn't help but think of Pinto in Animal House looking at his pinky and talking to Donald Sutherland and saying, so you telling me that every little piece of my pinky as an atom is a universe unto itself surrounded by other universes and 
And then there's that delightfully devilish grin, smile by Donald Sutherland. And yes, that's it. When they're all getting high with the professor. And of course, the training includes smoking blunts. So two written exams, one in-person exam to become a certified Gangier. You know, Wake and Bake Club members, this is the job you woke up for. It's Nate Dog. Smoke weed every day. And you learn and you profit and you become licensed some weed as your job. And maybe that's how you can understand what Tony LeBevington is doing. Wouldn't that be a great draw? Sean Sears, are you a uh, Sox fan or Cub fan? I don't know, so I'm asking. I am a Cubs fan. Okay. So if it were, what if there were a pot lounge at your bar, your favorite team's ballpark? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. That'd be pretty fun, honestly. Weed and baseball seems like a, a good mix, you know, enough confusion for the normal people and then a little more confusion for maybe people that are dabbling in the, uh, in the uh, you know, wake and bake experience, I guess, right? I would think the therapeutic value of putting in it at the rate, if you could put a pot lounge there. Look, they put a whole beer cave there, right? They, they did. did that. Yeah. Well, it's legal. Recreational pot is legal in Illinois. And I would think that to survive this manager and these decisions and that kind of arrogance, and you watch the owner geld the general manager, and then you watch the manager geld his left-handed pitcher uh, in, in a critical game. Uh, on a one-two, ordering an intentional walk on a one-two pitch. I would think that if the rate had that, you would make it easier to be a White Sox fan, right? I would. I would think so. You know, it's crazy you say this. There actually is a dispensary that opened up maybe like a block or two down Clark from uh, Wrigley. So they're they're not far away. I mean, you know, just get in some of the Ricketts property, and there you go, right, for the Cubs. But yeah, White Sox fans, that might make things a little more palpable for you a little bit, huh? That would be the place, because I saw it happen one time, and it was one of the best stories ever. You know, the all of the, when back when we could interface with people. Those were the days. Girl Scouts actually sold Girl Scout cookies door to door. And then you'd often see them in front of, I don't know, drugstores, supermarkets, places, public places. The smartest thing I ever saw was a Girl Scout setting up a table outside a dispensary wow girl scout cookies that's savvy with some some thin mints with that purple kush yeah (laughs) some dosey does yeah why not right all right we're gonna we have a white Sox lineup like it or not we'll come back with that and we'll tell you what's coming up in the remainder of the show the next hour all kinds of action-packed stuff i'm steve rosenblum saturday suckage and you know what? The Wake and Bake Club, we're here for your members. We're here for you. There's a new career path, and I wanted to bring it to you. Ricky Williams is leading the way. Let him block for you. You just follow him right to the path of being a Gangier. I love saying Gangier. I love that whole idea. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Well, you know, right now, you know, it's just, uh, I don't have any doubt. Tony Russo will leave Chicago when he, he want to. Like, okay, guys, I got enough or whatever it is, whatever reason is. I don't think that decision would come from people from, from the front office. You know what I mean? Uh, even a couple of the best managers in the game, supposed to be the best manager in the game, they just got fired last week. 
Joe and, 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 and the most Joe, Giardi and, and Madden. And all of a sudden, you think, like, oh, if those guys got fired, why, why Tony can get fired? Well, because the owner said no, and or the chairman said no, and said no, and refuses to brook it, and the GM can't do it because the chairman gelded the GM when he jammed Tony LeBevington down everyone's throat, even after the DUI, and that's the deal. That's Ozzie Gian on emergency session of of Ozzie Gian on Mullay and Hanley after what you saw Thursday, or what you may not have seen in the replay because. NBC Sports Chicago edited it out. Sox have a lineup today against the Rangers, going for their second win in a row against the Texas Rangers at home. Sox lineup against Martin Perez and his 1.56 ERA. Pollock in left, Vaughn in right, Robert in center, Abreu at first, Berger DH, Moncada at third, Grandal catching, Garcia at second, Mendick at short, Giolito pitching. So the interesting thing about a guy with a 1.56 ERA is you watch, as you look at averages coming into this game, Yoan Moncada, who's awful in the first four innings, um, Jake Huda of Stathead noted that Yoan Moncada is like, I think, like two for 36 in the first four innings of games. Okay. We're, you're going to start in the fifth inning. We're going to take bring up the bench then. Moncada is hitting 571 against... Martin Perez, seven at bats. Not none of this is going to be representative. 385 for Leury Garcia, 13 at bats, the most at bats of any Cubs player against Martin Perez in his 1.56 ERA. Jose Abreu only 235 and 17 at bats against him, and various and sundry things. Andrew Vaughn doesn't have a hit in two at bats, but at least he's batting second, at least Leury Garcia is not. But you wonder, look how look how low the bar is for Tony LeBevington. Oh my God, thank God. Leury Garcia is not batting first or second. Look how far we've come. Our, I mean, it's just awful. So uh, there was a, you got Swiatek. She's a tennis player. I came across this. I didn't, I don't watch tennis normally. Sean Sears, do you watch tennis? Are you a tennis fan? Not, not really. Like I'll put it on if I'm. I mean, if it's on ESPN, maybe sometimes, but I'm not dying for tennis. Well, her historic win streak now includes a Grand Slam title. She won the French Open last week. She's got. She had 35 straight wins. That was her 35, 35th straight win. The Polish player, who Polish-born player, turned 21 during the tournament, beat 18-year-old American Coco Gauff. So she's, she is asked, this is what I love about this, and it fits in with the Wake and Bake Club. What are you going to do now? What, what, what are your plans after what you've just accomplished in 35 straight wins and a major? And her quote was, hopefully my celebration is going to be just having a week off and lying in bed and just watching TV shows and eating whatever I want. That sounds great. How, how can you not root for this young lady? That's um, she's a spectacular athlete. We see a lot of spectacular athletes. Sometimes we become numb to that, but you get that kind of honesty, that kind of personality. Hopefully, my celebration is going to be just having a week off and lying in bed and just watching TV shows and eating whatever I want. And every 
21-year-old out there, every former 21-year-old person out there saying, yeah, can we do that now? Can I, can, how do I sign up for that? Well, win 35 tennis matches in a row and the French Open and, and you get to do that. Are you a um, Sriracha fan, Sean Sears? I am a Sriracha fan. Uh, oh, ABC7 Eyewitness News has reported on a Sriracha shortage. Oh, no. Time to find a new alternative hot sauce. Sriracha lovers, says ABC7 Eyewitness News. Hui Fong, Inc., one of the world's largest producers of the Asian hot sauce market, says it anticipates a major shortage of its beloved Sriracha. Well, that's not good. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, you know what? It could be occurs to me in this environment, this business environment. Maybe it's Sriracha price gouging for, uh, to foretell that. I mean, that maybe the Sriracha makers think they're oil companies, so they get to do that. Hey, they're doing it. Why can't we gouge prices? We're just going to fake a shortage. That's what we do. We're going to seize on something else, on some other problem. So I don't know where... What you do with it? What, what I don't know how you stock up on srirachas are going to be run on sriracha now. I guess so, really, right? Yeah. How I mean, much do you really use? Do you as a? I'm not a regular sriracha. Some people would use like hot sauce. Would use a couple drops, so it would last a long time. But how much do you use, and where do you use it, Sean? I guess uh, I'll use it a lot in my stir fry. Um, if I'm making stir fry or like noodles or rice or whatever, something like that. But I don't use a ton. I'm not a big spice guy, but I mean. You don't need a ton, so you probably you could probably go with a bottle or maybe two if you really want to get that uh you know keep yourself safe for a little bit. But I mean, I think a bottle lasts me probably like three four months. Okay, well, buy four eight of them and maybe you get a couple years till this. Yeah. This, <laughs> this Hit up Costco gouging. on your way this, home here. Yeah. Setting up for a price gouging. So did you watch Steph Curry last night? Did you see anything? Or did you watch the highlights? Oh, today? I watched Steph Curry last night. That was that was something. Wow. That guy, I mean, so, he does something impressive every time. But last night was just like, especially because, like, I mean, the Warriors go down 3-1. That's it, right? Well, you would think, but I don't put anything past that team. I love that coach. I love Steve Kerr. I love that team, and I love Steph Curry. And, and there's every reason to – and here's the thing. This will – this will eventually we get to the end of this and, and Bulls fans are going to go, oh, so anyways, he had an uncertain ankle, right? There wasn't even sure he was going to play. Right. They're down two to one in games. They're in Boston game four and he goes for 43 and 10, 43 and 10 in Boston, seven, three pointers and uh, 43, 10 and four, four assists, just the fifth guard in NBA history to have at least 40 points and 10 rebounds in a finals game. And he did that. He did that on the road. He scored 10 in the fourth quarter. He was always good in the first three quarters. He had been having trouble in the fourth quarter in this series. So now he scores 10 in the fourth quarter, 24 points in the second half. And he helps the Warriors become the first team in the past 50 seasons. This is stunning. To win a finals game by at least 10 points in regulation after trailing at some point in the final five minutes of the game. The final five minutes were just a, a whooping and whiplash. 
The Warriors outscored the Celtics 17-3 in the last five minutes. They hit eight of five field goals, while the Celtics hit just one of eight. This is at home, one of seven from three. At the most important moment, the Celtics shot 13%. Yes, 13%, like a Mitch Trubisky quarterback rating. And the Warriors shot 63%. So there you go, Steph Curry, 43 points. Do you know what happened the next day in basketball history 25 years ago, which would be today? Steph Curry's magnificent performance with a questionable ankle came one day shy of the 25th anniversary of Michael Jordan's flu game. Oh, no way. Yep. Today's the anniversary, 25 years ago today. Michael Jordan had the flu. It was actually food poisoning, or at least that's what we believe. God knows what it really is. Right. But that's the legend. 25 years ago today, 38 points, seven rebounds, that iconic picture of Scotty helping him off, and and they win game five, and then they're going to win in game six. And Steph Curry did that one day shy of the 25th anniversary of Michael Jordan. Wow. There's some, uh, there's some symmetry for you. Yeah, see? There we go. We'll try to bring it back home. When in doubt, localize. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to become pretty damn local with Scott Merkin. He covers the White Sox for MLB.com. So he was there. He asked the question in which Tony blew up and said, hey, what? Really? Is that really a question? Yeah, it's really a question. There are sane people in this room, not sycophants, Tony. So what do you think? So we'll talk to Scott Merkin about that. Also next hour, Habarkish. The Bears have made some, they've been doing stuff and they've, done some curious things and they're trying to play it off and hubs not buying it we'll talk to him about that so we have about an hour to go saturday suckage we suck so you don't have to thank you for listening chicago sports radio 670 the score t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, 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 o